Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 29th of July. The Commonwealth Games has finally kicked off this morning in Birmingham with a colourful opening ceremony. And they've arrived. All of the houses from the 72 nations descend on Alexander Stadium. Prince Charles will be officially opening the Games after he and Camilla drove into the stadium in an Aston Martin. More than 250 Australian athletes have marched behind the flag bearers, squash player Rachel Grinham and hockey captain Eddie Ockerden. They'll be joined by another 150 athletes to compete for their spot on the podium during the 11-day sporting extravaganza. This afternoon, our swimmers take to the pool with Ariane Titmus, Emma McKeon and Carl Chalmers set to star. Chef de Michon, Patria Thomas, says it will be an action-packed Games ahead. Oh, I think we can expect, um, you know, 11 days of exciting competition. Um, you know, I know all of our athletes, so the majority of which are in, in Village now, are very excited and really looking forward to the Games getting underway. As monkeypox cases continue to increase across the world, Australia's Chief Medical Officer Paul Kelly has declared the virus a matter of national significance. So far, 19,000 cases of monkeypox have been reported since May across more than 75 countries. The US government has announced the allocation of nearly 800,000 vaccine doses as infections jump. Yesterday's declaration by our medical authorities means national policies, interventions and public messaging across Australia will now ramp up. Epidemiologist Professor Catherine Bennett says it's a virus we cannot ignore. Thankfully in Australia we have low numbers, particularly compared to other parts of the world with local transmission. We're seeing mainly imported cases, but we want to keep it that way. And the declaration allows them to put policies in place, particularly interventions around public messaging and so on, that will help keep this very contained. The Federal Treasurer has delivered a sobering warning on tough economic times ahead during a special address in Federal Parliament. Jim Chalmers warning inflation will continue to increase and could peak at 7.75% by December. While delivering his economic outlook, the Treasurer says wages should start to keep up with the rising cost of living by the end of next year. Based on current forecasts, real wages are expected to start growing again in 2023-24. But there is a key difference now. Australian workers now have a government with an economic plan to boost wages, not deliberately undermine them. Let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to Victoria first, where health authorities are confident the state's influenza season has now peaked. Latest tests show the number of cases of flu hit a high of 18,000 infections in May. But as James Lake reports from Melbourne, health authorities are warning there could be a second wave. Authorities are worried, Tash. We may relax too soon and then see a huge second wave of infections like has been experienced in the United States. There, health authorities have had two peaks and a longer season than usual, which started with a spike in infections back in December and then a second surge in March. Experts here say the next few weeks will tell us if there might be a second wave after tens of thousands of people settle back into work and school following the winter school holidays. To Queensland now and five months on from the devastating floods that hit the south of the state and also northern New South Wales, locals are still struggling. The Red Cross is now spending more than $8 million to help 19 local government areas try and recover from the disaster. 
Our reporter, Rob McLeod, has the details from the Gold Coast. Thanks, Tash. It's been a harsh few months for thousands of people who remain in temporary accommodation or with family and friends as they endure the agonisingly slow process of insurance claims, organising building repairs and just knowing life will not get back to normal quickly. This is where the Red Cross has stepped in. They're sending agents to the worst affected regions across northern New South Wales and southern Queensland to ease that burden. Australian Red Cross Director Gary Page says they'll tailor specifically to each individual community's needs. What we're doing in a number of locations is working through neighbourhood centres which are easily accessible and well known within the community. In other locations we'll have Red Cross offices that are available. The level and type of impact is quite different in each location. So this will be developed individually in consultation with the local community and leaders within that community. Now for the latest in business and finance news. We're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from the Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. As we mentioned earlier, the Federal Treasurer yesterday issued a very sobering warning about the many challenges ahead for Australians and our economy overall. That's Ash. Good morning. You've absolutely nailed it because they were pretty ugly numbers. The inflation rate now tipped to peak in the December quarter, so that's October, November, December this year, at 7.75%. That's higher than even the RBA's numbers. And uh, tempting to think they might have just gone just under eight to make sure we didn't scare the horses too much, but it's ugly set of numbers. The unemployment rate is tipped to rise from three and a half to four percent. And we're also expecting that the uh, economic growth figures will be lower than we previously expected. That's a pretty ugly trio of bits of economic data the Treasurer had to release. I think they're probably pretty reasonable. I think that's about right. I would probably take the odds that we won't quite get to that 7.75. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I also think the unemployment rate only maxing out at 4% might be a little bit optimistic. If the RBA does slow the economy meaningfully, I think we have to assume there'll be some job losses, unfortunately. Scott, uh, retail sales were remarkably strong, which is interesting. Even the pace of growth, though, is it starting to slow? Yeah, and this is also backward-looking data, Tasha, of course, and we know the RBA in the... Only since May has really been jacking up rates and jacking them up pretty quickly. So we're only kind of three months into that cycle. That being said, we're starting from a pretty good place. Retail sales out yesterday have annual retail sales growth at 12%, which is really astonishing. And that's kind of what's part of the problem is that that is driving inflation to some degree. A lot of it's imported, of course, as well. Uh, but we're doing our bit when we're out there in the shops, or at least we have been. That pace is slowing, as you say. The monthly growth only 0.2%. Now, if you annualise that sort of number, you you get a much, much lower set of numbers. You get about 2.5% rather than the 12 we've been seeing. That difference, that uh, juxtaposition is really what the economists are worried about. And Scott, the US economy is edging towards recession, but very interesting to note our treasurer back home, Jim Chalmers, denied yesterday that we're heading towards a recession. Yeah, I. so first go with the US first. They actually had two quarters of negative growth. In Australia, we would call that absolutely a, a capital R red letter recession. In the US, they use a different definition. Now, you would think that the same is true across the world, uh, but the bureaucrats use a different, different uh, rule there. So it's not officially a recession in the US yet, but as I said, two negative quarters in a row, which is what we would call a recession here. As you say, Jim Chum has been asked regularly about whether we're going to go in a recession. I'm going to say there's part politics, maybe even mostly politics, or the self-fulfilling prophecy at play here. That The challenge, of course, is if the Treasurer says, yep, it's all going to be terrible, we're going in a recession, not only is he going to be eaten alive by his political opponents, but it does run the risk of Australians going, oh my goodness, I better stop spending. Oh my goodness, I better not hire. That can unfortunately create the very conditions that we're worried about and trying to avoid. Yeah, it's incredibly difficult to balance. You have a great weekend, though. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Ash.
time for sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, as we mentioned earlier, the Com Games are underway, super exciting. And an Aussie athlete that's tested positive to COVID may still be able to compete. This is interesting. Yes, good morning, Tash. I know you, you talked about our swimmers hitting the pool today. In terms of our top medal hope in athletics, Kelsey Lee Barber, who won gold at the World Championships in Javelin just a, a week ago, has tested positive to COVID. Now, uh, the, the final is not this Sunday, but the one after. She's asymptomatic at the moment, and she's actually able to compete if that remains the case. The Commonwealth Games organising committee doesn't make the decision, unlike the Olympics. They've uh, put that on the shoulders of the Australian team. Uh, so at this stage, we're hoping that she does compete and makes it to the final uh, next weekend. Epidemiologist Adrian Easterman says it's not a bad idea in the right circumstances. Bit of a strange situation in, in that in the UK, if you're infectious, you don't even have to isolate. Well, the last thing you want to do is to start infecting your own colleagues or other athletes. So I think well, a lot depends on what sport it is, whether or not they're able to wear a face mask, just how severe the, the COVID-19 is. And we know our team is more sheltered than others. They've all been wearing masks and, and basically just uh, sort of hanging out amongst themselves and not venturing too far outside of the village Cannot. in the past week. Yeah, Brett, cannot wait to see how the Aussies go. Now to the NRL and fans held up pride signs. I thought this was so lovely as Manly's makeshift side battled the Roosters in the NRL last night. Yeah, and the Roosters got the win, 20 to 10. As you said, pride signs held up uh, around Brookvale Oval and Manly's owner believes that the seven players who boycotted last night are open to wearing the pride jersey next year. Scott Penn telling Nine there's, bre- uh, there's been improved dialogue. We're all about inclusiveness. So we, we want to continue this theme. The message that they, they were very clear on is that let's work together. And a difficult game for the Roosters to compete in. Uh, no real expectations on Manly to win. So it was all on the shoulders of Trent Robinson's side. He says they lacked a bit of polish in attack. Felt like we were threatening to open it up at lots of stages, but we, we just sort of lost complete direction of ourselves. And we've got a uh, blockbuster in the West tonight. Tash, the Eels against the Panthers. The Eels beat them earlier in the season, so they're out to make it two wins in a row against the Premiers tonight. Yeah, to the AFL now, and the Dockers could boot the Ds out of the top four in the AFL tonight. Yeah, Melbourne's certainly been stumbling. They've won just three out of their past eight games. Fremantle win. They go into the top four, and by the end of the round, the Demons could be out. Uh, Let's get a tip on tonight's game from Lee Montagna, the former Saints star, who believes that the Demons will turn the tables. Feels like the Ds have done that little circle-up meeting on Monday where they've looked each other in the eye and said, right, time to flex our muscles. Let's get ruthless. Let's get nasty again. Jake Lever returns from a shoulder injury. Frio regains Rory Lobb. Massive weekend ahead. Thanks so much, Brett. And after 37 years, the final episode of the much-loved Australian soapy Neighbours has aired. There were many emotional reunions, including Jason Donovan and Kylie Minogue returning to Ramsey Street as Scott and Charlene. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Look at this, huh? Crazy, crazy. We made it, huh? Home sweet home. Mm. I still feel the same. Guy Pearce also returned as Mike with special appearances from Margot Robbie, Holly Valance and Natalie Imbruglia. And spoiler alert, the show finished with a heartfelt message from Susan Kennedy. Everyone deserves a place in the history of Ramsey Street. Neighbours, we 
Certainly do, and that audio thanks to Channel 10. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe and have a lovely weekend. And we'll see you bright and early on Monday. Listener.